Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is a new world order, and I am Chancellor Zane C. Weber of the National Council of Zane Australia here with my colleagues from across the seas. One who's just itching to push the big red button, and the other who's kind of distracted by the big red dogs. <laughs> I what? No, red dogs are not red. They're just big. Prove it. Okay, there is a red one, but the, like the other two are black. Introduce yourself. I'm the tastiest POTUS you've ever seen, Sebastian of the United States of World America. The, did you just mm-hmm. say the tastiest, tastiest POTUS? Yep. You know what POTUS stands United for, United States, right? I know, but it's fine. It's close enough. We have the United States of World America, so it didn't have the word America in it. Are so you the it president, works. though? Aren't you the one in 200? Um, I don't know, postman Pat. Some <laughs> <laughs> I might be the top postman at the moment. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> And I'm Andy Schosler, the most supreme, magnificent overlord of everything you ever saw in the great confederacy of Andropolia. And if you're joining us for the first time, we each run a simulated nation on a nation simulator, nationstates.net. And each week we deal with an issue that is plaguing our nation while trying to stick to our political leanings. Oh, now, that's difficult. <laughs> this season, every five episodes, aliens will switch our brains... And we are each responsible for another nation's... Well, at the moment, it's always been another nation's issues. So far. So far. I am currently beholden to Zed America. No. Zane yeah. is... is running, I'm, I'm running, managing Zed America. Oh, so these are... That's right. Oh, they're, they're around. Zeb is before. managing Andropolia. Yes. And mm-hmm. Andrew is managing Zane Australia. Correct. And so last far, week, we, we, we uh, threatened nuclear war, didn't we, Zeb? I think last week... <laughs> I think the, if I were to sum up the entire session, I'd say smiles and friendship. You know what? There is, there is a warmonger amongst us. <laughs> there is a warmonger on this council. Yeah, it's not the guy with the negative 6% army. I'll tell you it's that. It's the guy who started a war and then <laughs> refused to admit, in fact, <laughs> in fact, declined ever, ever hearing the word war. You know, for a number of weeks after that, and just recently swore to launch a nuclear weapon in order to save the children. My fingers were crossed behind my back, though. Oh, you're also launching the weapon at the children in order to save the children. The strongest will survive. Yeah, exactly right. And think of how strong they'll be and how many heads they'll have. They can't lead terrible lives if they're prevented from leading lives at all, right, Sam? I mean, like, technically, what you said is correct. It's not my stance, (laughs) but it's not wrong either. And you've only got to drop one. Oh, no, we worked out two two's a magic number for noobs. <laughs> I mean, if history teaches us anything. Two. Excellent. Well, I got another one in me. <laughs> so, apparently. Why are you at war again? I wasn't paying attention. 
To save the children, Seb. Oh, Slavery. Oh, yeah, well, that'll stop anyone. And I'm using them as an example, so no other nation even considers slavery. Not with the iron fist of Andrew <laughs> Polia looming over them. So you're welcome. Huh. How dare you, Seb. Andrew Polia, world police. You are a stain. On, on Andrew Polian history. Very, very okay, rude. I have an issue. It's called Down in the Groove. The literary world has been up in arms since the Peacock Prize, the most prestigious award for writing, was awarded to the Australian rock star Dylan Roberts. This controversial honour has caused many to consider how literature should be taught in schools. Interesting. Option number one. This is a disgrace to the arts, remarks Professor Doug Sajak, while taking a break from violently crossing out entire paragraphs <laughs> from a pile of essays he's grading. It is preposterous that a prestigious award should go to such an undeserving person. His lyrics, which contain improper grammar, slang, and profanities, should not be taught in schools. Excellent choice on the accent, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Only proper literature, novels, essays, and poems should be considered appropriate material for the curriculum. The education system must encourage children to, to read books and poems, not listen to pop music. Yeah, mm. God forbid you enjoy literature. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Option number two. What? Says teenager Kendall Amin. I can already tell that this in the accent's going to annoy me. <laughs> While taking off her headphones. Oh yeah, Dylan Roberts is totally cool. He's like inspiring too. Last night inspired me to write a song. It's called, what's it called? It's called Like a Tumbling Boulder. Do you want to hear it? Can I take my nuke from last episode and put it right here? <laughs> Looking disappointed by her would-be audience's insistence on not hearing the song, she resumes, uh, we should... Definitely learn more about rockstar, I mean, song lyrics in schools. Songs are like poems, except way less boring. Can't argue with that. <laughs> so is she proposing to do away with literature and instead no, listen, listen I think to music? This is, she's saying like the status quo is fine. You can teach right. about whatever you want. Okay. Uh, option number three. Have you... Heard some of these songs? Questions Peter Garcia, my Minister of Education. Many of Dylan Roberts' songs express anti-government themes <gasps> and encourage the youth of Australia to do illegal things. Oh, not illegal things. We cannot allow these messages to exist anymore. The government must take control of the music industry, censor anything that encourages illegal activity, and punish those who flout the law. And that one is straight out. You've made your stance on that very clear. Yeah. That no. you will never. No. Free uh, speech is free speech. It's free. That's right. Say whatever even, you want. Even if it's anti-government. Oh, especially, especially if it's, it's anti-government. That's, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, Zane Australia would probably go option number two. Like if there's an award to be given, whoever is picking the award can give it to whoever they want. Right. If you're teaching something in school, if you think it's worthy, worth being taught, then you can teach it. Yes. If the... Students don't like it, they either won't learn, or if uh, the the parents don't like it, then they'll complain. It's really, this is a, really a bit of a moot point. Um, and and uh, to counter the first option, the idea that there's any sort of purity in language is absurd to begin with. Yeah, well, I mean, poetry was pop culture once. 
And not only that, the language evolves yeah. over time. There's never been a you know a definitive class of of words that you could ever call actual English, real English, perfect English, yes. and, and, and all the other ones uh, aren't. No, it's always been English at the time. And I, well, personally, I am a descriptivist, meaning that language should be descriptive, not prescriptive. Mm-hmm. So even when it comes to grammar, you can do whatever you want as long as you get your meaning across. Absolutely. Um, and I and think- what fun you can have with, with, with language. Yeah. I made up a word a couple of episodes ago and you gave me the dirtiest look. <laughs> yeah, but it was a stupid word. It was a good so, word. Was it genuous, genuinicity? <laughs> no, it's, it was genuinicity. Like literally just adding icity on the end yeah. of genuine. I'm like a poet, but I'm surrounded by um, <laughs> know-its. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. If I could drop this microphone, I would, but I need it for the rest of the show. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm heavily leaning. I I, I want you to go for two, uh, and I don't think that we have much uh, difference in opinion on this one. No, I I don't think there's any there's any discussion on that at all. And number two, absolutely. Unfortunately, I had I'd picked my issues based on what Seb would say. <laughs> I know. So I thought there might have been a bit more uh, back and forth between Seb and I on this one. Uh, but no, if we both agree, then it's, it's, I'm just going to go option number well, two. I mean, it's, 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 the right, it's the right option to have because it doesn't restrict anybody yeah. from exploring whatever avenue they like. And especially with literature, which is something that um, you know, any, any roadblock in, in literature is completely arbitrary. Yeah, and especially in schools. Especially in schools, absolutely. And like, and yeah. just the idea that you would you would have somebody come along who, who who is writing a song or writing some poetry and they've, you know, taken a few liberties with language and had fun with it to then tell them no, that's wrong. That's wrong because it doesn't follow these specific rules that have only been Where around for the last 50 the years. Commas? Yeah. <laughs> Where are they? They're nowhere. The Literature com- Commas are very gone. important. Thank you very much. <laughs> they are very important. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a huge, a huge fan of the Oxford comma. Yeah, I put commas just randomly in sentences. Yeah, that's true. That's a problem. You should deal with that. Yeah, it's just like hi. Oh, that was a full stop. So I got confused. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> There's more of an ellipsis. <laughs> Literature classes frequently go on field trips to rock concerts. Mm. I want to go back to school. Edgy teen comedy sweeps, TV awards, our new edition, less politics, more pictures. I'm no hero, says Heroic Saint Australian. Flower show bursts onto scene. Ooh, I have a new postcard. No rest for the young. Oh no, I've developed a problem with youth crime. Oh, oh, that's what happens when you let them talk the way they want. How can I possibly get... My crime has gone up point. Four two of a percent. Oh yes, uh, but youth rebelliousness has gone <laughs> has been the big up with twenty percent. Um, political apathy up three percent. Niceness up one point. Pff, rebelliousness and niceness are both up. Yep, that's weird. That's because the, also the, the, cheerfulness <laughs> and weather. Kids are now being rebellious in very adorable ways. They're uh, calling police officers cads. The biggest down <laughs> at point one two of a percent is obesity. The end. Terrific. Yeah. But an important milestone because yeah, absolutely. the freedom to explore language has been upheld. Honestly, like freedom of speech is the basis of what Zane Australia is about. Yeah. Because it's it's the basis of political involvement and communication. So that that is kind of the one the one right that is I try to keep inalien- inalienable in Zane Australia. 
And rightly so. So my issue is called Minorities Demand Representation in TV Soaps. What? <laughs> Big issues for Zane. Seb America's TV soaps, famous around the region, have come under fire for their lack of ethnic diversity. Oh, no. Stop it, Disney. Stop it. <laughs> I specifically <laughs> held off on this issue for five weeks while I had Andrew. <laughs> Well, <laughs> okay. All right. I think I know it's not, right. I know you're not much better in this way. Yeah. But it's I it's fine. Every night my family and I sit down to watch the brash and the backstabbing, says Chris Underwood. But there are Lilip oh my god. Lilliputian. Liputians? Lilliputians. What a ridiculous name. They're the, the little people. But, <laughs> sorry. But where are the Lilliputians like myself? Where are the big Topians, the March Noirians? People from those cultures can be just as brash and backstabbing, but we never see them on screen. Never. The government must act to remove the silent apartheid from our TV screens. No. Before you read any of the issues, just no. Ban TV. <laughs> it's running your, your people's brains. No, the they should get out. And play government-mandated sports like wrestling. <laughs> I and, agree to one of those. And hopscotch. Now, I know I have no, no say in this, but in order to sway you, I, don't need, I know I don't need to sway Zane, <laughs> but government has no business telling television producers who to cast and what to write. I think everyone can do anything. <laughs> yep. And, and so TV producers can do whatever they, they want. They can make different shows just about other people. If, well. they want, if they want, if they yeah, want, not it's, being mandated to. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I don't care about this issue. That's why I'm giving it to everyone. By everyone, you mean me. Yeah, it's fine. You Next either, issue. You're either going to let everyone have rights or not. Yeah, so. I veto this issue. Let's, let's get a proper one in. <laughs> Those let me launch a nuke. <laughs> Those Lilliputians don't know how good they have it, says Isabel Claus, spokesperson for the Tasmanians Against Ethnic Stereotyping. Oh, that's a stupid acronym. It's just TASE. I thought it was going to be something fun. Mm. Tasmanians are on television all the time, but always in crude, stereotypical roles. The answer is not to enforce ethnic quotas, but to award government prizes for positive portrayals of minorities. That'll work better and be cheaper too. Also, not where I saw this issue going. Where did you see this issue going? I, yes or no. I, thought be, I, I assumed from reading it briefly, it would be a, uh, literally a enforce it or don't enforce it. I didn't think it would be taking the tact of, sure, just give government funding to those that do it nicely, which is weird. <laughs> final answer. Or the final solution, if you will, Zane. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I think you will. I hope not. <laughs> the government should do what now, says your TV executive, Miles Jones. You've got to be kidding. We make soaps here, not documentaries. I should be able to put whichever characters I want in my shows. Quotas. Government prizes? God save me. Hasn't the government got anything better to do? Why don't they just back off and let society work out things on its own? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, I was expecting like a nation state's twist at the end of that, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Not every, not every show is for everyone. And if you don't like a show because of who they cast in what role, don't watch it. Yeah, I, I agree. Or you can go one step further and encourage others not to watch it. Or you can go one step further and protest about the fact that this show is terrible. Or do what you should do and take all that energy that you would put into protesting and, and convincing make another show. And make another show the way you want it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, as much as diversity is important in a culture, 
this isn't this isn't really discrimination. Oh, I 100% agree. So, like I wouldn't go to I wouldn't go to India and watch one of their shows and then complain that there wasn't enough white people because it's representative of a certain area. They can cast a white person if they want to, but they don't yeah. have to. Like it's like yeah, it works in yeah, anyway. I mean, option 3. This will be a little bit old news by the time this episode comes out, but the Disney casting of a black Ariel and the whole reaction oh, that's coming about because the of that. The reaction like, has been ridiculous. So, Who cares? I was actually doing a bit of reading on this and it is interesting because um, like the, the hashtag like not my Ariel was going around and people had like been coming through it and most of the people were just saying like, no, this is fine. And it was just literally copy and taste yeah. repeat text. People are, are leaning into like, oh, this seems like more of a bots thing than an actual... Like an actual, like genuine reaction. I mean, because a lot of possibly, the, a I've lot of the comments the, were just copy paste. I've over like read a lot of the com- I've read, I've read a lot of comments that have been kind of like, uh, I don't care that she's black as long as her hair's still red, <laughs> or like, I'm a redhead and she's the only person that I ever related to in any Disney movie ever, and I, I can't listen anymore. There's a black hair. Well, if you want to hear our thoughts on. Uh, on Little Mermaid, I think you, we did a review. Did the three of us review it, or were you not there for In it? In our second take variety hour, yeah. we talked no, about we, it. No, we did the Little Mermaid Disney oh, original. No, I wasn't, I wasn't there for that. Maybe it was Alex, but the two it of is, us, Zane, did. And it is I, one of my favorite films. I though. thought it was a trash film, so fuck him. Oh. Yeah. So <laughs> I think, Shame on you, long story short, is people can cast what they want because they're making a product that's going to be consumed. And if people don't want it, they won't make it. So I am adopting option three. Option number three. Couldn't agree more. Or this this true free market issue, that one. Government has no place. <laughs> the alarmingly racist TV show Big Topians Say the Darndest Things is a hit. Well, I, that just reflects America. I assume Sorry. it's a hit internationally. <laughs> we only make products for the... Anyway, Australians yeah, don't the, watch TV. The, the Maxtopians love it. <laughs> <laughs> like, here we do say stupid things. Peace of mind priceless, says fastest growing insurance firm. Fewer lazy bums than ever before, bosses note. Race row after women ejected from store. Easy cheesy rising dairy sales points to milky future. Ooh, the milky future doesn't sound good. <laughs> Minimal ups. Tech freedom from taxation up 2%. Economic freedom and wealth caps up 1%. I mean, you're welcome. Those are all good things to go up. Yeah, they are. Freedom from taxation. Wealth, wealth caps. caps. Do we do lower wealth caps? We do want lower wealth caps. Yeah. Don't look into it. It's not that bad. 1% though. <laughs> um, as for the downs, honestly, only four that come into whole percents. And it's death rate and inclusiveness down 2% and taxation and income equality. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Down 1%. I mean, so direct correlation. This, this is something that like the government doesn't really have much say in. So unless you decide to mandate things you're not going to change a like, lot like we literally do nothing yeah it's yeah. just your society doing what your society's going to do no you very importantly didn't do nothing you stopped yourself from doing something detrimental i hope i can do that this time <laughs> says while looking shadily at andrew's andrew's topics the path less traveled <laughs> i'm gonna travel it 
While Andropolia's northern ports bustle with trade during the summertime, this flurry of activity freezes to a standstill at the onset of winter when thick sheets of ice form over the frigid waters. This seasonal impasse both severely limits economic productivity and makes resupply of the region difficult. Most supreme magnificent overlord, we have a brilliant opportunity, excitedly cheers Colin Cheswick, the mayor of one of the cities. Imagine our city, a front to the world in both summer and winter. All we need is to develop and deploy a whole fleet of -of state-of-the-art icebreakers, the likes of which the world has never seen. I can just picture it now. Hundreds of ships, thousands of tourists, and millions of amples worth of goods coming across the globe to my port. Uh, I mean, Andropolia. Go on. (laughs) Go on, bad guy from any James Bond film. I'm listening. No, no, just a mayor is completely in support of a government-funded icebreaker program to create shipping lanes in the in the frozen Arctic during the winter. Okay. I, I, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not committing to it, but okay. <laughs> How many options are there? There are four. I hope one of them is volcanoes. Because I'm interested in <laughs> oh, volcanoes God. to melt the ice. Oh, God. Yes, I, I suspected you would go that way. Number two. <clears throat> Why spend money on expensive icebreakers when good old-fashioned railroads can do the work year-round? You're Questions right. infamous rail tycoon Cecil Vanderbilt and his assistant places a model train on your desk. Invest in my company <laughs> and, and ease some health and safety standards and my men can build and maintain the tracks for a pittance. Full steam ahead. Choo-choo. Well, this guy's winning so far because he put a model train on my desk. <laughs> like, I can, do I get to keep that? Oh, yeah, it's all yours. The other guy didn't offer me a model boat. <laughs> <laughs> or a key to the and city. you use accents, so you know I'm leaning towards this guy. That's true. Very, um, God, what's his name? Not... Lyle Lanley. Uh, <laughs> you have to be selective when you throw the accents out because yeah. I'm going to just drift in that direction. Actually, that was just pure luck. <laughs> Why don't we just stockpile before winter? Asks Jazz Gemma, an advocate of human hibernation. We bring in everything we need in autumn and don't worry about nothing in winter. Don't worry about nothing. If it's good enough for the squirrels, it's good enough for the people. <laughs> this is great. You can help defray the cost of our survival by funding winter fuel allowances and cold weather food supplies for the poorest in the area. That's it. That's that's Jazz Jammer's proposal. That Was that helping poor people with government funds? You have my full attention. <laughs> it doesn't have trains or a fleet of ships, but it does help another issue, which is there not just through winter, but every other season. <laughs> Seb, <laughs> Seb, I hope I hope you've got your diapers on because you are about to shit your pants. With, <laughs> I can't wait for number four. With number four. <laughs> you know what's warm? Nukes. <laughs> <laughs> what did you just say? You're not far off. You know what's warm? Nukes. <laughs> you are so I close, I thought you Seb. said meat. <laughs> like, you're just going to kill livestock and, yeah. and store your, your populace Just in. like Han Solo sleeping inside the Tauntaun, we're going to cut open our cows and hide inside of them. I have the perfect solution, <laughs> announces crazed crackpot climatologist Mohammed Preisner. Mind that. That's a weird sh- name for that <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm committed to the accent yes. because it's written that way. <laughs> Mine data shows that the ice is thinner each passing year due in part to global warming. Now, why don't we just hurry it up? <laughs> By pumping the atmosphere full of more chlorofluorocarbons. 
All this ice will go bye-bye in under a decade. How cool would that be? Well, not cool, you know, there'd be no ice. <laughs> I fucking love that. That is so stupid. <laughs> that, is, that is the James Bond villain technique way yeah, of doing it. We will burn the world just so we can sail for a few extra months. <laughs> now, Andrew, I don't, I'm, not gonna, I don't, I'm not here to challenge you, but you don't actually personally, you're not 100% convinced with this whole global warming concept. Is that correct? I don't want to mislabel your thoughts, so please, yeah. The the literature that I've read and and uh, f- f- you know I'm I'm certainly no expert in it, but I listen to a lot of very serious people about it, and a lot of various pe- very serious people have doubts that it's uh, caused by human activity, mm-hmm. right? And there's interpreting the data is is very complex because climate is not an easy thing, right? Whether or not the the globe is warming and has warmed. Um, over the last uh, century or so, even that is legitimately in doubt. It's not established that it's absolutely happening. Okay, so if you if you're not convinced by it, it can't hurt you, is what I'm saying. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely not true. <laughs> I'll be honest, I am stuck between three and four because three is the sweetest thing because it does what I want to do and it harms you. Really, by- just to continue the hibernation. Now, number three is about also giving money and food to the poor. Yeah, number three is to institute a hibernation program, essentially, to keep them cut off and, in fact, just to supply them so that they can be cut off for, well, it's like for a, the duration like, of the it's winter. It's like a national hibernation. So you keep stores so that you don't need to trade during winter. That's a stupid idea. I'm going to call it what it is. If you have the option to be able to continue bringing food and everything in, that would be a lot better. And obviously your economy would do a bit better if you don't have to stop trading in certain goods for a three-month period. Yeah, so bring on the icebreakers, right? Boaty McBoatface. You'd think that. A fleet of Boaty mm. McBoatfaces. But I think that's boats break down. <laughs> and I think the more long-term angle that you could be taking Jesus. here is option four. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I would, I would like... Can you read option three to me once more, sorry? Option three. <laughs> Why don't we just stockpile before winter? We bring in everything we need in autumn and don't worry about nothing in the winter. You can help defray the cost of our survival by funding winter fuel allowances and cold weather food supplies for the poorest in the area. Oh, that last bit really hooks me in because it's spending money that's yours on the poor. But what if you could accelerate global warming (laughs) to make a profit? Yeah, I know, right? In the short term. Like, doing option four is, it's kind of taking subtext and just, turning it into text, right? Like you're actively now punishing the environment for your gains rather than having your gains that are by effect punishing the environment. And that or twist really- you're taking your already poor reputation on the world stage <laughs> and making it so much worse. So they want to build trains, but it, I thought the problem was the the, the, the river, ice, <clears throat> the, the ocean's icing over or some shit, right? Are they going to- if, well, they, that's, if they can go around it anyway, why can't they just drive around it? It's my problem. Because the trains aren't going to be built over the ice because that wouldn't be practical. So why can't no, the no, train it's, routes it's, don't exist? So in the summer, because the ice is melted, you can ship things. Mm-hmm. In the winter, because the ice is frozen, you can't ship things anymore. Mm. So if you establish railways that can travel, that can be used during winter, then you can maintain shipping mm. via... Yeah. Train. So, yeah. are we maintaining the government maintaining these railways for them, or are they doing it? No, no. So someone else. I'm trying to work it. out who's costing, who's, who, who, 
be spending the most money individually? The the guy from the the dock or the railway I'm, company? I'm not in favour of number two because he's specifically asking for government investment in the company uh, and the loosening of health and safety standards, which we have recently in the last few episodes gone out of our way to bump up and, and, and to increase. But number one, isn't that kind of giving that person monopoly no. on trade in that area? Because they, they own all of it by the sounds of it, number no, one. He's, no, he's just a mayor from, from a city that freezes over you know, in, in, in the winter and he says, in order to keep trade going in the winter, let's have a fleet of icebreakers that clear you know, uh, uh, trade paths that ships can, can go in and out of. Yeah. And, that'll so help, and that'll help that, like, that'll boost tourism. Like snow plows in cities that get a lot of snowfall, they're owned by the government, they keep the roads open, so there would be ships specifically made to keep yeah. the seaports open. Yeah. And you've got the harbour, it's, it's, you know, the harbour is there and unusable for several months out of the year. Yep. Because ships can't come in to use it. Okay. Um. I'm going to go option one. Okay. But I want you to know. Boring. That I want to go option four. But oh, I, I know. I know you do. <laughs> I know throughout the next three weeks, there will be a sweeter option four for me to take. And I'm going to forego this one. But Andrew, listen carefully. It's coming. I mean, option Why one is, is the <laughs> Yeah. I don't, you, I don't get it either. Why are you I'm trying to use you, you're trying to use my policy as a weapon against me? Absolutely. <laughs> I just want you to know that because I can't do this to you every week, I'm electing to not do it to you this week. But that means maybe next week, or oh, who knows? Is is that a threat, Seb? Are you saying I'm war is just coming? Outlining my my characteristics as a person that because I'm not doing it this time, I'm definitely gonna do it another time. Seb, you just armed me with nukes. <laughs> You're welcome. You armed me with nukes and you are on a time limit for the governorship. That's yeah, fine. Pray that it doesn't get back into my hands. Or it- mine. <laughs> it's fine. I'm just saying I'm going to let you have your boats this time, even though I really wanted the model train set and to destroy the world. Exorbitant spending on icebreakers breaks the ice at every budget meeting. <laughs> That's terrible. The Anthropology Sentinel reports latest economic data shows surge in manufacturing. Of course you would, because we're building boats. Economic slump minor, temporary, experts say. Sausage gate, death's preventable, coroner rules. <gasps> yes. And Anthropology's natural beauty, how to find it. Retail, the big winner this week, up 34%. Wow. And charmlessness, up three. It's quite, a, it's quite retail heavy in this one. Well, because they have new goods that, they, that can be delivered throughout the winter. Uh, as far as the downtrends are concerned, tourism down 2%, which is weird because the whole point of the icebreakers was to boost tourism in the area. Uh, lifespan, unfortunately, took another hit, 2%. We are down below 54 Aww. Weather down 2.5%. Environmental beauty down 8 And trout fishing has taken a hit at 9%. Trout? Those poor trout. I mean, um, more ships, they don't have the re- reprieve that they would have had for, for a few months in the winter. What statistic? So mixed results for Andropolia this week. Do we want to look at trout fishing? Should we look at <laughs> trout fishing? <laughs> Why not? Let's compare how trout fishing... Our trout fishing industries. Now, Zane Australia started out at a staggering 849.5 on the Nemo Depletion Efficiency, Efficiency Index. How much, sorry? 849.5. Ooh, I started on 205. Yeah, yeah. It's... Uh, my, I was very dependent on trout fishing, apparently. <laughs> mm. I hope I'm not meant to be dependent on it. Andrew, what did you start on? Uh, 
<coughs> Surprisingly, trout fishing in Andropolia has never been popular, starting off the game at negative three, and that was the peak. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So you went from <laughs> negative three to what? Uh, currently sitting at negative 13.4. So I started 221, oh, sorry, 205, and I'm currently on my all-time low of negative 4.2. Ah, there you are. We, so trout fishing wow. has killed... Has been killed in South America. Yeah, we don't. We do. We weave baskets. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Clearly, to house all the Zane Australian fish. Yep. <laughs> I mean, so Zane Australia started out at eight hundred forty nine point five. We had a pretty early drop to ninety nine. Then we pretty quickly peaked out at two thousand three hundred eighty seven. Has been a pretty gradual drop to now our current uh, at one hundred twenty four. Still, Zane Australians love that trout. I actually remember Apparently. having an issue where it was about, I think it was prawn I think or it was shrimp, shrimp yeah. exports, but it did affect my trout because I think it was just it's the seafood industry, which I completely outsourced to some other nation from memory. Sure did. But that's, I don't care. It was definitely you outsourced it to Zane Australia. We started supplying it. <laughs> Why did that happen? In because I had the same issue not so long before and I went for the, the good one, <laughs> the good option. No, I... I think from memory it was like their shrimp are just better and your people want good shrimp. And I'm like, well, I guess we should buy good shrimp. You buy good shrimp. Correct. Uh, shall we look at basket weaving? Basket oh, weaving. Man. Yeah, bear with me. I close Let's the app. See. We should probably do a comparison of all our industries and see what, what – I mean, you know, down the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Zane Australia started off quite low on the Hickory Productivity Index uh, at <laughs> negative 8.6. So we started on pretty low as well, on negative 3.7. Basket weaving in Andropolia is apparently a huge export. We started off the game at 3,200. Wow. On the productivity index. This that is, is massive. Massive. It peaked at uh, a little under 5,800 and is currently sitting at 4,300. You can see the graph is quite wild. Holy moly. I kid yeah. you not. My it's, it's, it's more or less now at the level at the start of the game, but it has been through quite a rise and fall. Yeah. Andrew, my peak is zero. Oh, wow. So basket my weaving peak is... at the moment, I started out negative 8.6, been a steady rise ever since. My peak right now is negative 2.37. <laughs> I'm currently on negative. <laughs> if you want baskets, if you want baskets, you come to you come to Andropolia. I guess if you want dinosaurs, come to Australia. I must be good at some industry. Come on, <laughs> one more um, <laughs> insurance. Oh, yeah, oh insurance. no, this is bad. We shouldn't no, insurance. Someone? Insurance is a good one. Oh, I started on so it's okay. It's the risk exposure effectiveness rating. We started on five thousand and ten. Okay. Andropolia started at 2,800. Yep. Australia at 2,566. So we are currently at our lowest on 788. Whoa. From 5,000. Well, it's been just declined all the way down. I feel vindicated that I talk about insurance uh, so much as a potential you know, replacement for, for a lot of government services because in Andropolia, insurance is at an all-time high of 3,800 and it has been a pretty steady rise all the way through. Mm. Uh, Zane Australia starting out at 2566, uh, bottomed out very early at 941, uh, and then rose back out to about the medium of that and has just kind of been pretty steady since then. And we're currently sitting at 1496. It checks out that okay. ours, is, ours are a lot lower. I mean, mine's particularly low, but just because I can't say our government handles a lot of this shit. Yeah. Yeah. 
health, health etc. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. That's this. This, this that's this episode. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. And if you want to become one of the best people in the entire world, you can find us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes and on the website. I'm not going to say it again. You can't make me find this and all the other episode, uh, all the other podcasts on the network at that'snotcanon.com. Seb's in some. Andy's in some. I'm in some. You can find out which ones yourself. Until next week, I have been Zane C. Weber, Chancellor of the National Council of Zane Australia, twirling forever towards the future. Please, Andrew, go next. <laughs> I have Objection. been... Objection! <laughs> I have been whatever Andrew's bullshit title is, Sebastian of that nation. Fight for your <laughs> dreams and you can fight Freddy Krueger. And I'm also... Andrew? Well, I've, I've been Andy Schossler, usually the most supreme magnificent overlord of everything you ever saw in the great confederacy of Andropolia, but not this week. I have been <laughs> taking the reins of Zane Australia. <laughs> Till next time, gentlemen. Seamless. Hey guys, it's Julie. And KB. From Elvis Lives, a conspiracy theory podcast. What do we talk about, Julie? Conspiracies. No way. What kind do we talk about? Celebrities. Government. Time travel. Tune in every Monday. What day? Monday. What was it? Monday. Oh, Monday. Monday for your fill of conspiracy theories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.